Welcome to the State of America Road Report. With your hosts, David Hudson and Ian Rice. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of State of America Road Reports. I am your host today, David, and usually I say my other the other host is Ian Rice, but in this instance, he's going to be the guest. So welcome to the show, Ian Rice. Thanks for having me on, David. <laughs> I've never done one of these before. Well, it's a first time for everything. Obviously, most people that follow us online know that you went to see... Um, the Black Crows at Jones Beach. Uh, did you have fun, first of all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. It was a great time for a multitude of reasons. All right, so let's start it off. Question we ask everybody. When it was announced on the scale of 1 to 10, what was your enthusiasm level? And what was your enthusiasm level when you walked out? When it first was announced, fresh off the magpie thing, and I was a little perturbed at that. So I would say I was at about a 4. And when I found out that, Sven was back on board. My enthusiasm definitely went up tenfold. But uh, I was, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. Obviously, doing these road reports, you know, we, we had a little better of an idea going in than, than some might have. All right. When you walked out. I'd honestly put it at a nine. So you almost doubled. Yeah. All right. So you did the meet and greet. And uh, from what you tell me, it was more of a pass by and wave thing. <laughs> I mean... I'm sure meet and greets aren't what they were because of the COVID situation. When I did the meet and greet with Rich Robinson on the the tour that I saw him on, like you lined up and I went in and I had like, it was pretty open-ended. Like I could sit there and chat with him a little bit and he signed your records and that kind of thing. So like I was kind of expecting that. Then obviously with COVID, I understand that, you know, they were spacing you out and I get it, but they didn't really take the time to like have a, a sentence or two with you, which I thought was a little weird. There were a lot of people, though, right? That's what I keep hearing, that it's a lot of people. The the Jones Beach one wasn't that, that many. You know, it's not like a slight against them or anything, but I would say it was about 20, 25 people. Oh, really? Because I'm hearing like 75, 80, and 100. Uh, yeah, this one, this one was uh, considerably smaller. I don't know if it had to do with the weather. The weather was a little rough that day. So you, you got your picture taken with them, and you were wearing a State of America t-shirt? I was, and everybody was, uh, I think, expecting me to... Uh, you know, try to do something with that. But I'm telling you, like, they, you come in, I, at least where I was, you came in from behind the, you know, the, the typical backdrop you see in most people's photos. So you kind of like come around the corner to them. So, you know, I just said hello to them when I came around. Then they take your picture right away and then it's like time to move on. So it's kind of like a blur. In a quest to find something quick to say, I just kind of turned to them and I, I said, thanks for three snakes, guys. That's what I said to them. So. <laughs> I figured, you know, I waited 25 years to tell him how much I like three snakes. So It's your one shot, and you, and you tell him about three snakes. I know. Well, you told me I should have said ceaseless sight, but I was afraid of uh, making Chris mad. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that, you go to you go and find your seat, and uh, one of our listeners found you, correct? 
Yes, Mr. Brian Rosenberg, a great guy, great guy. Traveled, uh, I believe, from the Westchester area, he said. Took him a little bit to get in, but, uh, you know, as soon as I got to my seat, like, coincidentally, he must have just been, you know, in that area, and he called my name and went over. We had a quick chat. Definitely a pleasure to see him. There was another gentleman that I spoke to uh, by message that was at the show, Steve, but uh, we didn't end up meeting up because I, I believe he was way up top. And I just, uh, you know, with the timing of everything, I didn't, I wasn't able to get up there. All right. So you only got to see a few songs of Dirty Honey. What'd you think? A lot of people really like Dirty Honey. And, uh, and there's a lot of people I found out that are, you know, don't necessarily like them so much. I was kind of in the middle somewhere. They I kind of, I was really into it, like the first couple of songs. And then it just kind of, you know, dissipated a bit for me. And being the, uh, the famous person you are, you are, you're sitting there watching and, Somebody yells for you, and you look down, and it's Nico. Yes, Mr. Nico Barastiachua from uh, Magpie and other things. Uh, you know, we had obviously interviewed him. I, I kind of stayed in touch with him a bit after that. You know, tremendously nice person. And uh, I found out that day that he was in the, in the area because he had played a gig in Brooklyn the night before. You know, I'd mentioned to him, if you're going to be at the show, maybe you know, I could say hello or something. And uh, so I'm sitting in my seat, and all of a sudden I get a message. He said, are you here? Said, yeah. I said, I just saw you going backstage. So he said, I'll be right out. And he, <laughs> he runs out, comes over, gives me a nice big hug. We had a little chat, and then he said he wanted to check out Dirty Honey, so he came with me back to to my seats, and we kind of hung there for a little while, watched a good portion of Dirty Honey, and then he was off. I thought that was really nice. So he's a really, really sweet guy, Nico. That's awesome. That's a pretty cool moment. All right, so uh, Dirty Honey quits playing. <clears throat> the lights go down. Somebody comes out and puts a coin in the jukebox. What did you think about that whole scenario? I think it's kind of. I think it's at first at the first show. I thought it was kind of corny, but now I'm I'm okay with it. It's kind of cool up close. I didn't actually realize, and uh, you know, I suppose it's pretty stupid of me watching the videos. I thought that bar they had behind them. I thought that was an actual bar. It's not, but it's like it's a photo. You know, it's like a the background is a picture. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some bottles on in in the foreground, but that background is a picture. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool to set up. It was more interesting for me to watch my wife's reaction to it because she had she didn't know. You know, she's not watching the videos like we mm -hmm. are. So, and she kind of she kind of thought the thing with Chris and the umbrella was cool. You know, I, I you were you were definitely right. Like uh, live and in person, that definitely has a a different vibe to it. And when you explain that that whole New Orleans aspect of it, that kind of makes it a little cooler to me, too. So, uh, Shake Your Money Maker plays, and all of a sudden you hear the opening chords to uh, Twice as Hard, How Loud Was Rich. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will just say, the band in general was just loud. Which I'm not saying as a negative thing, but uh, there was one point, I think it was the end of Stare Cold, where it's like that big rave up. And I turned my head, and I like lost my equilibrium. That's how loud it was. I said, "Whoop! I better face forward. I'm gonna be in trouble here." All right. What was your highlight of the Shake Your Money Maker set? Going along with you know what most people had said, I, I really twice as hard was really energetic. I like that. Seeing things definitely the peak of you know the set. Seeing that in because I'm sure this is the case with most of the amphitheaters they've been playing at, but Jones Beach is open air. So, it just, so it's, everything's kind of a little bit more atmospheric and things just kind of fade out over that, that bay that's right there. And just hearing a, a song like that that has so much breathing space in it to begin with in that kind of atmosphere is really cool. And uh, 
I'm a big fan of Stare Cold. I like that. And uh, surprisingly, Strut and Blues really did a lot for me live. Uh, you know, on the record, I, I still kind of, you know, I like it, but it doesn't, you know, it's it's not the, the high spot of the album. But live, it really had something. And I, I think Chris prefaced it with, uh, he said something about, you know, you got to strut your shit. Something like that he said, which I thought was really funny. All right. So which was your least favorite song of the Moneymaker set? And why is it thick and thin? <laughs> it's not thick and thin. I'd be surprising to you. I actually like thick and thin. I just don't tell you that because you know I don't mm. want you angry at me. Mm. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, my low point from Shake Your Moneymaker, and it's true of the set as well, uh, is hard to handle. It just doesn't. It's never done anything for me. It's never been a big. When I heard it as a kid, I really liked it because I thought it was cool rock and roll and stuff. And I don't like. It's, I don't hate it, but it doesn't. It just doesn't. I like the original material better. You know. All right. So we conclude uh, Shake Your Moneymaker. The, that part, and we're going to go on to the hits portion, and I'm pulling up your uh, your set list right here. They kick it right on off with uh, No Speak, No Slave. Yeah, I was glad I got that, because I think it was you that mentioned they cut No Speak on yours, right? Yeah. That was, you want to talk about loud points, that was super loud. And uh, that was at the, the point that I can confirm, much like you, you and some others had mentioned, that uh, Isaiah Mitchell definitely is uh, very much high in the mix now granted i was on his side of the stage actually i think the first time i've not been on rich's side no that's not true actually the last time i was at jones beach i was on mark's side so but he was very high in the mix all right the one one of the ones that gets shuffled in and out of there you got by your side you had texted me you heard them sound checking that so it shouldn't have been a huge surprise for you to uh hear that but how did they pull it off that actually went over really well i know some people are you know take it or leave it with by your side and and the album and the song. I've always liked the song. I actually, for for some odd reason, like earlier in the day, was thinking to myself, I said, oh, it would be nice to hear that. So, you know, it was, I got something that I was kind of thinking about, so that was good. There wasn't a whole lot of, like, they didn't dust off any gems for the, the set that I thought they would have because, you know, New York usually gets a little something. All right, so they go from that into, and we're going to get serious here for a second. Wiser Time followed by Thorn in My Pride. Wiser Time... I thought was really good. I thought Joel Rabinow did some some excellent key work on that. Definitely not as as jam heavy as it has been in the past. But they you know they t- they stretched the solos a little longer than they are like on the record. It's not like you know a strict time constraint to that. Like I think the original studio version is like four and a half minutes. It was definitely longer than that. But I thought they they did really well on that. I will concur. That is where uh, Rich is definitely leading the leading the band. All right, Thorn in My Pride. Always happy to hear Thorn in My Pride. I'm glad it appeared so regularly because I know in the back of my mind from him telling us when we interviewed him that that's like Sven's favorite song or one of his favorite songs to play in concert. And so knowing that, I kind of paid attention more to his playing. And he really is doing some some cool stuff in that song. And I I don't remember anybody mentioning this, but they do kind of jam that one out a little bit at the end. Get the harmonica thing, yeah. All right, so next you got a song that I always like to hear, Sting Me. Yeah, you got to hear that one in Birmingham, didn't you? I did. I always, you know, I mean, I like that too. And it's always really the whole theme to me. Like, And it, and it becomes more clear when you're there in, in person. It's a rock and roll show. So they're sticking to real high energy numbers for the most part. You know, a few ballady types thrown in there, slower tunes. But everything they're kind of picking is like rock stuff. And you can't get much more rock stuff than Sting Me. All right. They close out with what they closed, I think, every show out with. One of the biggest songs of the 90s, one of the most identifiable opening 
of any song, Remedy. I, you know, I've said in the past I do like Remedy as a closer because it's kind of a high-energy way to go out. But it was a little bittersweet for me because hearing Remedy, I knew in my head that was going to be the closer. And I was hoping there would be like one more tune before it, you know. So speaking of encores, you got uh, the Velvet Underground cover rock and roll, which I'm glad you got that. And I did not. Well, thank you, <laughs> I think. But uh, no, I, I, I really enjoyed rock and roll. I, I like what they do with Velvet Underground covers because I really like Oh Sweet Nothing. And there's a song, I'm not sure they did it in The Crows. I know they did it in The Magpie, uh, What Goes On. I, I presumably are mostly Rich's arrangements of those songs. I like what he does with them, which shows me that Lou Reed is a great songwriter. I just don't necessarily like his his arrangements and executions of the songs, you know. All right, so the new guys, Joe Robineau, how did you, how did you think he did? Joel Robineau is a monster. He has a, a charisma and a vibe. I, I said to my wife, if they had put together the 0506 version to do this tour, but obviously since you know Ed passed away, you know they needed to fill that keyboard spot. I would have absolutely no problem if Joel Robineau was the guy that they picked. Yeah, agreed. He's high. He he's high energy. He's in there. He really puts a lot into the songs. Brian Griffin. Brian Griffin. To me, he serves the songs well, and he, you know, he's a, he's a, a great player. And this is not, again, I'm not looking to take anything away from him. Uh, he seems like a very nice guy. He is a great player, but all the guys on that stage in that band, you know, whether you like who they've picked or not, and they all have some kind of charisma there, some kind of thing. And uh, I just don't get that from Brian Griffin. He kind of just lays back a lot. When you when you watch. Steve play the drums. You were watching to see Steve play the drums, just like you would watch Mark play the guitar, or you know, you want to see these guys do their thing. And he's just not one of those type of players. You know what I mean? He was on a podcast recently. It's a drumming podcast. I forget the name of. It. It's actually very, very interesting. He's a very, uh, very accomplished and very, very respected drummer. Yeah, no, he's an excellent drummer. I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I'm saying. Like he didn't serve the songs badly, and he didn't, you know, he wasn't like losing time or. Because, you know, like, I, I, I call back to 2005 when Bill DeBrow was filling in before they got Steve back. And, you know, Bill DeBrow, as much as I like Bill DeBrow as a drummer uh, in Rich's solo band and stuff, and Hooker Brown, he was really having some time troubles and, and, and you know, it was, it was a little frustrating. Like, Brian Griffin doesn't have those problems. There's just something that's not there for me, and I can't quite put my finger on it. All right. Isaiah Mitchell. Isaiah Mitchell is a, uh, a great player. I think he served those songs well. I think he really served the Shake Your Money Maker tunes well because to me, the lead guitar work on Shake Your Money Maker, the studio album, was a little bit more straightforward, kind of standard rock stuff. So he kind of could put his own stamp on that because it's not, you know, once you get to Mark Ford's material and even a lot of Luther's, you know, ori- the stuff that Luther originally plays on, there's trademark stuff in there that you're looking for to hear. And it's, it's hard to replicate that stuff. Uh, as closely whereas like that the shake your money maker he had a lot more room to uh to put his own stamp on it but th- that's not to say that he didn't do very well with the the, uh, the all the hits portion how do you think sven did i don't have a bad word to say about sven ever sven, how, could, how could you he he was holding it down he's up there he clearly is enjoying himself you know uh he's uh, you know he's smiling he's singing he's you know he's he's into it and it's uh it's encouraging to see. I really think Sven being there really justified it a little bit more for me, if that's the right term to use. It kind of uh, legitimized it a little bit more for me, I should say. You know, the fact that he was there made it that much better for me. 
Yeah, it's just great to see him come out. It's great to see him sing. He just is doing a great job on the tour. All right. Well, how'd you think Rich did? Rich was, my wife kept saying to me, Rich looks annoyed. And, and it's not like she doesn't know his, you know, the way he is. But I, I mean, I wasn't getting that vibe. I saw him, uh, you know, smiling quite a bit. There was a couple of times where he and Chris interacted like in a joking way, you know, like real brotherly. And it, it didn't seem like forced or anything. It seemed real genuine. It, 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 overall, it seems like everyone's having a good time. And, and, you know, I don't understand how you could be against that, you know. When I saw him, he smiled a lot. And I talk about this on one of the other road reports. I can't remember which one. But, you know, he has said, like, look, when I'm up there, I'm having to lead the band. And so, you know, he's having to pay attention to what everybody's doing, which is kind of interesting on this one because he seemed much more laid back the show I saw, which is interesting because it's a new band. <laughs> yeah. Know? But I, I think they have jailed. You know, if you talk to people that went, that Guilford, New Hampshire show, I think was the third show on the tour, and then they came back. Uh, and did Mansfield, Massachusetts, you know, and we have people that we know that went to both of those shows and they talk about just how far the band has come along since then, which it should, you know, they've been, they've been out on the road for two months. So, um, yeah, I think he, he looked like he was having a lot of fun when I saw him. I think sometimes people are too quick to judge him with the, uh, he doesn't smile a lot, but I mean, that doesn't mean he's not having fun. Some people just don't have that personality. You know, I mean, he's got, uh, I mean, Nico, Nico is on tour with them, essentially, you know, and because, that's because he likes Nico. Yeah. You know, Nico didn't come out and, like, do a guest spot or anything on any of the shows he's been at, you know, but he brings them around, you know. I mean, he's, I think he's got a, I think he's got a lot of goodness to him. I don't even need to ask you how Chris did because he has nailed it every show so far. Yeah, I, I will back up something that you said, that he's like, he's like 72 Jagger out there. Like, you know, he's mm-hmm. real, that's real. 92 93 chris up there that that kind of vibe you know and but without seeming like he's trying to put on a a thing like that like he's just he's like rechanneled that energy that he had that at that time and you know it's, it's really cool to see yeah i think it bodes well for the future you know i mean i'm not not out of my mind like would i be ecstatic if mark ford was in that band yes i would because i'm a big fan of mark you know it was playing and as a person and you know it's a but you know, with what it is right now, like you just have to take the take the band for what it is, and it's still a very very enjoyable show. I just saw where Eddie Trunk, I guess uh, Mark Didia, I guess got him um, passes to stand, you know, up there on the stage. He put out on Instagram. He said, "This is the rock and roll show of the year for me so far. It's good to see real rock and roll being played again." And I agree. I 100% agree with that. There's no way that you can actually physically show up to one of these shows and not leave feeling like you got a hell of a rock show and it i mean it's not you know it's it's good people it's good that's it's you're you're you will enjoy yourself i mean if you're if you're going into it with a ton of cynicism or thinking about all the things that you're not getting then you know maybe it won't be as enjoyable but if you kind of go in there clear your head and just kind of open yourself up for a a good show you're not going to be let down We'll see what happens. And then, of course, they just announced those two shows in Vegas. Um, and then I believe like the earlier part of 2022 uh, is when they rescheduled the uh, the European dates for. So, you know, I would encourage any of our UK and uh, European listeners go, if, you know, get the tickets and go. You're not going to be sorry. You think we're going to get a live album or Blu-ray from this? It's funny that you say that 
because uh, I was thinking today, like, I wonder if they'll put out an album, you know, that kind of picks the best stuff from the entire tour. So, like, you know, it's like uh, stuff from a bunch of different nights, like the highlights of the tour or something like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I think it would be too. I mean, and you know, they're they're going all in with the production, and I mean, they're spending a lot of money on that. Might as well just document it. I'm actually kind of surprised. I mean, maybe because it's the same first portion of the set every night, but I, I surprised that they didn't, uh, you know, do something with Nugs.net on this tour. You know, I may be I may be wrong and and did it wrong, but I tried finding new shows to get from them on Nugs today and couldn't do it. Is that right? Maybe they, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe their deal ended or something. Dude, I, I would like a, I would like a good concert Blu-ray of it. It would be nice. I didn't notice them filming it on any nights though. Did you, did you uh-huh. ever hear about them filming on the tour? Uh, and I feel like we would, somebody would have told us. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's worth it. And, I, and the only reason why it gets a nine and not a full uh, ten for me is because, just because the the, the sets are a little more static than they normally will, were. I wonder, I wonder what they do next summer, um, as far as like when they do tour. Would the set list be changed up? Is it going to be a Southern Harmony tour? Uh, are they going to be like part of a package? I mean, we have. I've talked about this with several people. The Blackberry Smoke double bill—that's a no-brainer. That would be great, and that would maybe probably facilitate them staying in the uh, the slightly larger venues as opposed to you know um, reverting to theaters. Or go out with Tedeschi Trucks again. Speaking of which, yeah. they, they, their movie is coming out about um, the Mad Dogs and Englishman set. Yeah, they kind of loosely mentioned that um, when we had Susan on. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked about that maybe we would, you know, revisit and have a chat with uh, Susan or perhaps Susan and Derek uh, when, if and when they release that film. So maybe uh, we'll put something together with that. All right, Ian. Thank you for your review and for coming on. Oh, David, it's always a pleasure. I don't, uh, I don't know how you do this all the time. This is, uh, you know, uh, you know. I'm glad to see, uh, you know, you're hosting solo and not, you know, allowing, uh, you know, dead weight to get you down. You know, man, my back's always hurting from carrying the other guy. I know it's terrible. <laughs> all right, everybody, we'll be back with you soon with a regular episode. <laughs>
Money 